Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Comet Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Big Tuck? Hello? You there? Well, anyways, Squeamy Geek getting caught up on Meta Traffic with Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Uh, Mr. T, the soon-to-be legendary creature when Wizards does an 18-themed secret lair. (laughs) I hope they do that. That's Uh, one of the secret lairs I could get behind. (laughs) (laughs) But but only if it's your face on the card. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, it has to be. You're going to have to work on that mohawk, though. I'll work on it. Grow it out a little bit more. Get some gold chains. That'll be good. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. This bit should retire since Big Tuck's not here to continue it. <laughs> it's gone. X. Done. We're going to start off the top of the cast with the latest in Carnage that ensued with... 45! Uh, so the game I want to talk about, it wasn't that exciting. I, I played my five-color god deck. Uh, I ended up winning with Primal Surge. Um, feels good, feels good because the, the deck's very dirtily. Uh, but the other people in the pod don't matter. It's all about you, Sir Nathan. He was playing his Orzov Uncle Carl deck, and it's all about life gain. And I got real lucky in like turn three, I think, or four. I get out a little uh, card called Erebos, which is an enchantment creature god, indestructible, and he has a very big piece of text on him that says, your opponents can't gain life. I think I put down that card, and Sir Nathan literally was like, Mr. Combo, are you kidding me right now? I'm like, dude, I'm not doing it against you. I'm just playing what I got. Like, I could have played Sissy Weatherlight Captain, but then I would have had a wasted mana. And it was just like, look, I'm, I'm playing the things to play the things. And he's like, you know, I, I, I hear you and I respect you, but you <laughs> and, and unfortunately i didn't win the game quickly after that it went on for another 45 minutes because it was super early in the game so I, I you know i think i went on like turn 11 10 something like that and finally got to primal surge uh but he just dirtled around for a very long time and with that nathan <laughs> i say you're welcome <laughs> squeaky any games you want to talk about Actually, yeah, I, I jammed for like, I don't know, six hours on Tuesday. That was kind of oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I went in at like five o'clock, didn't have anything to do that evening. So hit up the old discord and uh, we played till like 1130. Just a real take. How'd that feel? Uh, it felt really good, actually. Only took a break to eat some dinner. That was that was necessary, but it was kind of fun. Um, first game we played, uh, I was playing with uh, Hamburger Demon Poop himself, um, Spencer, and then uh, Lord of Leaves. And I was like, oh, I'm going to run my Anawan deck. Decided to do, you know, fun things with Mill. Everybody else chose the Scarab God, Carador, and Kenrith. All graveyard decks. It was so unfortunate. So I ended up giving the game to Hamburger Demon Poop because I rolled a dice, played a Traumatize, gave him 50 cards into his, <laughs> to his graveyard, and he got everything that he ever needed to win the game. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun night. I ended up playing, let's see, I won one game, lost three, I think, got second at one. Um, We'll get into this a little later in the cast, but I uh, built a new Acroma deck that Mr. Combo gifted the commander for. Nice. Uh, That's a game you won? Just kind of... uh, No, I didn't win, but I did get a kill 
with an or uh, with a chroma in the first game that I played. It was actually pretty fun. It was pretty quick. It was like turn five, maybe turn six. Jesus. Killed him with command damage. Just stomped him. Uh, so that deck's getting some wings. And then uh, Omnath won, of course. Nice. Uh, Mr. Oh, sure. Sure. Oh, it, so. Omnam. He wins, quote unquote. <laughs> you go I'll believe it when I see this it. Time. They've got my back. It's digital. <laughs> it's digital. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, I'll probably start trying to get on at least one night a week here and play. I kind of like playing a bunch of games back to back because I can just get the setup going. Have all my cards, jam it out, yep. have some fun. Everybody knows I'll be around for a couple hours, so uh, we'll start doing that more, but it was nice to be back. So the last question I have for you before we hear if Mr. T has any games he'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Did uh, did you get Mr. Lord of Leaves? Did you, did you hurt him? Did you hurt him bad? I uh, hope you hurt him bad. No, I didn't really hurt him bad, and we actually tried to do another Reese battle, and that even got killed out because, uh, what was it? Um... So he was playing, I think it was Hamburger Demon Poop was, no, no, it wasn't. I can't remember who had it, but they were playing a Brawlin deck and they put Curiosity on to bla- Brawlin and it just looped out and he won the game. Nice. <laughs> I didn't even know it. Like he didn't know that was a combo that worked like that. And, and Lord Elise was just like, so I guess we all just scoop. And he was like, no, I don't think I like, I don't think it's a loop like that. And he's like, oh yeah, it is. You're we're all dead. <laughs> he was like, well, I got to take that card out of my deck immediately. <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> well mr t are there any recent games you would like to talk about yeah i mean um this weekend was probably one of the first weekends i've got to play in a long time you know real world kicks my ass sometimes and i played a few games with brian lord leaves and our first game was over pretty quick our second two games after that I played Calamax, and then I played my Mimeoplasm deck. But what made those games so much fun was we were playing with these two people, and it didn't become about what was your board state. It became pure politics. 100% everybody was negotiating everyone else's plays. Um, <laughs> That's the best. My best play of the night was uh, Skullbriar went to the graveyard, the gentleman tried to recur it. We all started negotiating if somebody counters it, then we can deal with it. We got one guy who said he would counter it. So Skullbriar was stuck in the graveyard. Comes back to me and I said, Well, if I give you your if I bring Skullbriar back to the board, what are you gonna do for me? And he said, Oh, I won't swing with you. I said, Okay, I get to choose the turns you don't swing though, if I bring it back to the board. And he says, Alright, deal. So I necromancer his chest, put it on my side of the board. And I was like, hey, you, we had a deal here. You, I get to choose two swings once you get it back. That was a Oh, that's too good. Politics, you got to pay attention. Got to pay attention. The words, it's just like, what was that? I think we talked about this past. It's just like the Pirates of the Caribbean thing. It's like, well, I never said we wouldn't put him in a boat and he'd float out there and die on his own. I just said we wouldn't kill him. Exactly. <laughs> it's all in yeah, the that's actually, And we even did a alternate, or I guess it would be this universe podcast um, <laughs> about, about the, the rules of politics. And that was something I even brought up. And it's something I've tried to do more is if you make a deal with someone, you need to treat it like it's the federal government. You need Absolutely. to be very specific about what it is. And if you feel like there's a loophole, you need to call it out. And if they're like, ah, I can't really answer that, then you know that's exactly what they're going to do. Make your deals like you're preparing a court document. You are specific. 
the wording matters. Any omissions you need to note, it's very important. Exactly. Initial by each side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, as a funny meme, we should create for the collective. Uh, it's the size of a magic card, but it's a dry erase. But on the one side, it actually has permanent on the card to where it's like the art of the deal. And then it's like all the check boxes. And it's like, okay, and they can like check them off as they go down. <laughs> and the last one is, do you think they're being an asshole? And it's just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe then you probably shouldn't take the deal. Oh, we actually, speaking of the a hole or uh, a hole players, uh, my old LGS, we, they used to have a Sunday Commander League. And there was uh, tickets you could win, and it wasn't who won the table. You know, if you won the round, you really didn't get that many tickets. So there were all these little sub goals you had to hit. And one of them, there was a hidden one that only a few people knew about. And is if you got into this one player to play in your table, you had to fuck with him. It, it just like <laughs> it became arch enemy because yes. he would have these horrific outbursts. And it was just funny. And if you did that, you got extra points. So the store owner would be like, just oh, that's tally awesome. them up for you. Because it was a hidden goal. Oh, just poking the bear. <laughs> exactly. The bear. Love it. Oh, man, I love that. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up 40 Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? Well, you guys knew it was coming. Uh, It's about a week later than everyone else in the world, which is how we do it over here. Uh, This is the not-so-accurate set review, Commander Legends Edition. We just need Uh, to tell people that we need some time to marinate. We need a week to marinate on all the goodies. I I need to sit in the fridge and just absorb the juices. Oh, that sounds dirty. Uh Don't ever say that again. That was gross. As a reminder, guys, we do this very different than the other content creators. A lot of people will go through every single card. They'll talk about, you know, our buddies, Commander Smiths, will do their top 10. Uh, They'll do uh, Commander 99 or Garbage. Uh, What we like to do instead is have everyone that's on the cast that day uh, talk about a creature, instant, sorcery, enchantment, artifact, land, planeswalker, and then the commander legal or legendary creature that they're most excited about. Um, and hopefully we'll get you excited for it. So I'm gonna start this off. Uh, well, I guess first off, let's just do a quick round robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, oh my God, I almost called you Big Squee again. Big squee. Good God. Uh, squee McGee. In a couple sentences, how do you feel about Commander Legends now that the previews are done and it, it's you, you've you're not being smacked in the face with preview cards every day? I can give you it all in two words: extremely overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm just really overwhelmed. There's so much good stuff in here, so many cards yeah. that you're gonna have to slam into your existing decks. So many new decks that you can build and put out. I have I honestly have not processed the whole thing because it's just. There's so much good stuff and so many cards that are exciting. Um, this was actually kind of like a like our deck therapy for me, where I got to like calm down and just be like, "All right, you have to pick one card in each category and run with it." Um, but yes, overwhelmed. Absolutely, uh, Mr. T. How do you feel? Oh, couldn't be happier. Um, this set, I would say, is probably Gavin's best set he's ever been by far. Oh wow. Um, Conspiracy was one of my favorite sets. I don't think he was the designer on it, but to be honest, he could have been um, just because I didn't pay attention to those sort of things. But this sure. set was absolutely incredible. I think it had something from everybody. 
And it wasn't just Commander players. There was Eternal formats. Popper got a bunch of stuff. I'm not a Popper player, but you know, if you're budget conscious, that's a good way to go. But now with all these reprints too, you can play budget conscious Commander as well. It's there's lots of great value here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, and on the reprint note too, like cards like Mana Drain, you can now get for under a hundred dollars because of because of this. So like. It's bucks. a steal. I should buy a hundred yeah. of them. $78 and 31 cents. There you go. So like, yeah, that card's always floated at what? 150? Yeah. 190? Like, no matter even if it was a reprint, and then the old ones are always expensive. But like, yeah, it's going to help out so many people to be able to get these powerful cards that they haven't been able to get. Absolutely. So I'm I'm a mix of you both. Uh, on the one hand, I'm with uh, Mr. T to where I think this is an awesome set. Super excited to do these uh, Commander Boxing Leagues, uh, especially since you can't really do in real life pre-releases a whole lot anymore. Um, so I'm super pumped for that. But also on the other hand, just like Squee, usually when a set comes out, there is maybe... 10 legends, mm-hmm. 15 legends tops, you know, or there's sets like Dominaria where it pushes it a little bit more. There's just so many legendary creatures in here. And as someone who likes to brew decks, even as I was trying to just pick out my favorite legend to talk about for today's cast, I was overwhelmed because there's just so many. And I just was like, ah, fine. I pick this one. Um, so I, I, I don't know how many cards are actually in the set. I actually haven't looked that up. It's like 370 and some change, maybe. And is a standard set more like the 270 arena? Yeah, about that point. Okay. We could call uh, it so a I, juicy I w- 370. Like. So I, I wish it would have been around a standard set size, 270. Give us more quality stuff, maybe a few fewer legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still wish we had some options for four color. Uh, I need right. more four yeah. color options, um, but well, you I mean, if I had to give it a great, you can match uh, through those together yeah. and get a four color deck. Yeah, but we already had those two color partners. I, I want new two color stuff. Uh, but I will say this: if I had to give it a grade, I'd give it eight out of ten, nine out of ten. Yeah, it I would just say. about hit the mark there. I'd give it a nine. Like I think it's everything in it's really well done. It's going to be a ton of fun to just draft or or have fun with on boxes it's going to be a ton of fun i i predict you and big tuck are going to have a what do we call it the the commander swap of 2021 you're going to swap probably like 15 of your commanders out from your 50 decks to be like well there's a new one that fits this one a little better yeah probably probably um and so let's start this off i'm going to start off with creatures The creature that I, when I saw it get previewed, it lit up our Discord, it lit up our uh, actual IRL friend Facebook group, Mm -hmm. Opposition Agent. I am so excited for this card. (laughs) Two colorless black, creature human rogue, it's a 3-2 with flash. You you control your opponents while they are searching their libraries, <laughs> and while an opponent is searching their library, they exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast them. Oh my God, this thing! I mean, this card is the whole reason why that Golgari Elf spiked like 600 percent because you don't draw cards you just tutor and and everyone gets impacted by that so you get that an opposition agent every your opponents might as well quit the game um and yeah i 
I, I will not pay its price tag. Uh, it's oh, like a thirty-five dollar no. card right now. At a rare, um, yeah, at a rare, it's pre-ordering at thirty-five. That's rough. So I, I would say this: if it could get to ten, I probably would pick up four copies. Mm-hmm. Um, but with it staying around the thirty-five dollar price tag, I'll probably just hope I open one, and then maybe if it dips to fifteen or twenty, pick up a copy. Yeah, but if it gets it to might. ten, I'll probably pick up yeah. four. I think it'll just depend on supply because it is in the rare slot, so there's going to be a lot more of these popping out of packs than your normal like thirty-five dollar. Yeah. Music. So I, 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 I could see this going in the fifteen to twenty dollar range here in a month or two once everything calms down a little bit. Yeah, I don't. I, to my knowledge, this set is print to demand. It's not a limited print run. So, yeah. The problem though is like. They said that about Jumpstart, and look where we are. <laughs> well, that was the thing. Uh, I pinned Gavin on that when I was asking about the creature I'm going to tell you about. Um, and he's like, no, Jumpstart's still going to be out there. It's all been distribution. And, you know, the, the coronavirus has wreaked havoc across this country in numerous different mm-hmm. ways. And distribution engines have fallen in that same category. And... Yeah. I think we'll see a wave of jumpstart, but with this, if they can keep this in line until people don't want it anymore, which, you know, it's the holiday season. I I can't think of another set that I would rather build around. There are so many valuable things that are in these, uh, not to mention, you know, the the freaking Lotus. (laughs) Sure. You know, there's just... There's too many good we just things. all agree not to talk about that on the cast? Yeah, I'm not talking about it. Good. Yeah. Oh God. That, I'm not going to. That is not my artifact check. <laughs> I'll tell you that. All right. Well, uh, Sweet McGee, what's the first creature you want to talk about? Okay. It's big. It's a Chimera Hydra. It's Apex Devastator. So eight colorless, two green creature Chimera Hydra. It's a mythic. And then it has Cascade, 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 Cascade. <laughs> Holy hell. Oh, it's also a 10-10 to boot. Um, that sounds like so much fun. Who doesn't want to cascade, 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 cascade? I want to cascade, 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 cascade. I'm tired of talking about it already because there's too many cascades. So, you know what's funny about this set? Because, Sweet, you're right. This is a very cool card. Um, I mean, it's like Maelstrom Wanderer, but with two more cascades. Right. And just green. Um I don't know about you guys. I really got the feeling that when Gavin built out or designed out Commander Legends with uh, the rest of his team, they really wanted to up the CMC of yeah. everyone's decks. I feel- because a lot of the cards in here are 7, 8, 9, 10 mana. And I think they saw the trend where CMCs were dropping mm-hmm. and people were trying to get to that 3 or sub 3 number. It's like, okay, well now we need to put powerful cards in, but also make these powerful cards cost a ton of mana to maybe swing the curve back to more of the uh, oh, and what does Big Tuck always call it? Battle Cruiser style. Right, right. And I, I could see that with like sets like Icoria and a bunch of these big creatures and splashy things like that kind of makes sense if that's the direction that they're trying to push and i would actually agree with that because it feels like casual has become part partly almost competitive because cmcs are so low and it just the games turn three turn four turn five usually have a pretty good idea who's gonna win so um yeah i agree with that and also on this the high cmc makes this card so much better because it's 10 costs and you could pull anything in your deck out of there so you're gonna cascade four times and guaranteed unless you have something that's what like a a eldrazi that costs 12 or something like that like you're putting that on the board four different times 
So this could be really fun to use as like a, a an action piece in the deck where you just run massive creatures across the board and just cascade the hell out of them. Absolutely. That card is it, it is absolutely well designed because it one cascade requires you to cast it. And you really so okay, it goes to the graveyard, you bring it back with some recursion spell, you're not getting the benefit of it. You know. Yep. That by adding Cascade and adding higher mana cost, you're basically trying to make people play, I hate using this term, fair magic, and right. it's the same thing with Opposition Agent. A lot of people flipped out when they saw it, they're like, oh, ban it, ban it, ban it, ban it. I, I'm not a person who likes banning cards on any level. Um, and Opposition Agent, I think people, the reason they get so pissed off at it is it forces you to play fair magic. Yeah, the person yep. who's playing it has a huge advantage because they don't have to play fair. <laughs> but you get two of those out on the board on both sides. You know, everybody's doing the same thing. And right. yep. that's, that has a lot to be said about it. You know, if you play that and they're playing a four-color deck or five-color deck, try to tutor your land. You're going to fail. You're not going to find what you're looking for. Um it, I like the direction that they're going or went with with some of these cards. I, I agree completely. Yeah, for sure. Well, Mr. T, what's the first Creech you want to talk about? All right, so the creature I want to talk about is legendary, but it's not the legendary that I'll be talking about. Later. Ooh, I Fair like enough. it. Fair enough. Um, this, when I saw it, I was shocked that it was an uncommon. And that's one thing I love about this set. Uncommon even. Is... The uncommons, the power level of these uncommons are insane. And <laughs> the uncommon I liked was Hamza, Guardian of Ashrin, or Asharin. I don't speak. <laughs> I can't read these card <laughs> names that well. But it is a legendary creature, elephant warrior, uh, four colors, a green and a white. Uh, power toughness, 5-5, five, five, but really what makes him great is the spell costs one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So you have a bunch of little people to help cheat out the card. But then you get a benefit here, which is creature spells you cast cost one colorless less for each creature you have that has a plus one, plus one counter on it. So mm. that the deck building around this is gorgeous. The places that this can fit is even better. Um, you know, my gob deck is certainly taking him in to the fold. Sure. You know, this is a perfect design in my mind. I've I've noticed a little bit of a trend too with plus one plus one counters recently in the last couple of sets. It seems to be a, a more prominent theme that's recurring that's coming through a lot of these cards. And yeah, I think that's a really good fit in a lot of decks where it could be a fun one just by itself. Oh yeah. Yeah, well I I think they're doing the the plus one counter piece. Because it's a mechanic that I don't want to say it can't be abused, but kind of like how Cascade, it's really difficult to abuse Cascade and, right. and not do fair magic with 
plus one counters, you know, oh, it's in the graveyard and I bring it back. Well, you don't get the counters with it unless you're playing like a Skullbriar. Mm-hmm. So you got to retry to do that engine again yep. versus first strike, haste, trample. It's just stamped on the creature. You're good to go, which is why I think in Ikoria they brought in the whole trample counters, flying counters, because it's a way to, well, we still put the mechanic in, but it's very hard for you to abuse it because if it ever dies, gets blinked, it loses right. all those counters. And and you got to start kinda, over from yeah, scratch. It's kind of slow just to start out anyways. I remember my Atraxa build that I I did a plus one plus one counter you know there's a lot of times you get a creature out and you're like well i guess i'll get a counter on it next turn maybe and then double it and it's kind of like it takes a little bit to get the rigmarole going so yeah i think you're right there all right well now we're gonna head over to instance and i'm sorry this is the only reprint i'm talking about i'm super effing boring but i'm so <laughs> excited that they're reprinting mana drain oh my <laughs> god yeah i could talk about this all day uh so mana drain guys it, it, you know what? And I wouldn't be surprised if you maybe haven't heard of it because it is such an expensive card. Yeah, it's uh, so hard Double to get. blue, instant, mythic, counter target spell. So it costs the same as counter spell, does yep. the same effect. Yep. But then you get to add uh, in your next main phase the amount of colorless equal to that spell's converted mana cost to your mana pool. Um, it's it's great. Once again, this will not be one I buy. It's pre-ordering <laughs> at $80 right now. Yep. But I will say this. If it gets down to 40 I actually may pick up a few copies. I can't. I the, cannot foresee it getting that low. It's already cut half in price from a while back. Hey, hey, I'm just saying. There, there's. I hope it does. I really do. The but potential. I just don't see it happening. Um, yeah. Well, man, you know the so good. Pro, you know the promo for it goes for seventy one right now. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid. That's, that's weird. Solid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah. As you like to say about Manolith, it's just a simply better counterspell, which is already one of the best cards in the game. So, yep. yeah, not much else to say about that card. I'm, it's a beast. I'm glad that people can actually finally kind of run it in a deck and not feel <laughs> like they just lost a car payment or two. So, yeah, it'll be that'll be fun to see. There's going to be a lot of mana drain counter spells popping out in play groups around you. Well, and Mr. T to kind of address that comment, the reason I think the promo is cheaper than the original is the same reason why sometimes the pre-release cards are cheaper than the regular foil. It's because the quote unquote MTG purist don't like the gold stamp, or in this case, they don't like the full art. Mm -hmm. So you may have some vintage type players or legacy type players they don't want a full art. They just want the card. And so they're willing to pay more money to get a bordered version than a bordered list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, give me the card. Uh, well, you yeah. used to be, what was it? It came out, the original manager came out in Legends, I want to say? Yep. Yeah, it came out in Legends. I have a, I have a pair of them. Well, I had three of them and I sold one, but I have a pair of them now. Um, and they're still holding pretty damn strong on price. Like, if you look for one in good shape, you're looking at between two and three hundred bucks still, even with the reprints. So I think a lot of those old cards aren't really going to go up mu- or go up, go down much no. uh, from the reprints because the, the old collectors are still going to want to buy the old one in good shape and they're still really hard to find. Exactly. But it, for Legends, there was a huge flood of, I think it was Italian. That. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm looking on eBay right now, and you can get four Italian mana drains for 400 bucks. Buy it now. Yeah, and that was that was the cost saving technique was get it in an Italian. Yep. You know, maybe have somebody do a cool alter because everybody knows what these cards do just by sure. right. Right. So it yeah, was. I I would agree, and that's still even if you want the old ones. Yeah, looking at this, that they're in pretty decent shape. A little beat up, but like, yeah, four for four, four for. 
$400 is pretty solid for old Legends Mana Drains. Well, and, and the funny thing is it's the pandemic that made the Legends one spike. Pre-pandemic, oh God, yeah. it was it was at like 180, 190. Uh-huh. And yeah, then it I spiked up to almost 400. When I opened them, even in the middle of the pandemic, they were sitting at like 200. And in the last couple of months, they spiked to four. So here we go. Let me see what my legendary or my legends legendary is up to. Oh, wow. He has spiked. <laughs> yeah, man. It, the whole set has like the Walking Dead cards are stupid expensive because of that collector's uh, or no uh, secret layer for the Walking Dead. So like. Yeah, it's weird. Old cards are, are spiking because I think collectors are kind of sitting at home and paying more attention to the collection the that they want and need. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Squee, what's your instant? All right. So I went with the Chroma's Will because this is a slam dunk. So bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I steal you. Oh, look at that. You guys match. That's a I have an honorable mention that I will make mine. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so, Chroma's Will is three colorless and white. It's an instant rare. Choose one. If you control a commander, you may cast a spell, and you may choose both. Uh, creatures you control gain flying, vigilance, and double strike <laughs> until end of turn, which is dirty. And then if you have your commander, which most likely you will when you play this, creatures you control gain lifelink and indestructible and protection from all colors until end of turn. Holy shit! There's a lot going on. I need on. it. I need it. I have to have it. Screw you all, I'm throwing this in Reese. Deal with it. Of course you are. Of course you're putting it in Reese. <laughs> nice. Why would you not continue to tweak that deck? Because this card's so... this Like, the new set comes out with cards like this. How can I not? You have to put this in there. It's so good. This is a game ender. <laughs> As if I didn't need any more of them. Like, it's just another one. Oh, I'm worked up in, in a good way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, this card would be a slam dunk in uh, this week's Bruising Builds. This would be great. I mean, heck, I'd even probably put this in my Commander Esha deck, because mm -hmm. that's four mana and killing one person with command damage. Yeah. At instant um, speed, if they yeah. made it a sorcery, then it'd be a little worse, but even still, it'd be really good. But, like, at instant, man, this is, this is harsh. Yeah. Because you can, you can play this out just as a, a anti-board wipe if you need to in a pinch. There we go. Budget to fairies protection. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. T, what's your honorable mention? This is a card that I think people overlook a lot. And this would be, I think, the second or third printing, maybe fourth. Kay. But it's a brain. Um, oh, yeah. This is a card that you see a lot in the competitive scene, the CEH side. And I think it's starting to find its way in towards more relaxed play as well. Um, mm -hmm. Two mana, instant, uh, one colors, one red. So it's red color scheme there. Uh, choose one, do three damage to target creature, or two, destroy target artifact. Yep. So there's a lot of times where Brave can come out and really do some work, whether it's shooting a wrist, the Redempt, just once, poke him. Rude. Yeah. I don't support it. <laughs> or, you know, you swing out, hit somebody, or you block, and they're, they know they're swinging into you because they got a bigger creature. That extra three damage can really help. And worst case, you take out an artifact. You know, right. that this is a staple in my mind in my Calamax deck. It just does work. Yeah, this is good. Um, we talk about it all the time on the cast. Honestly, artifact removal, enchantment removal. Use them. Run them. You need them. It, it messes with people's board state so much. 
somebody puts out a, a combo piece and you let's see it you just go no yeah. fun over and then they they kind of wallow in it and like it really really affects people and then yeah i like the three damage because that's that is headshotable for a lot of commanders so like in in the past, I I was known a little bit for for headshotting Mr. Combo's commanders as soon as he would play them to keep his deck from doing anything, and it's it's very much in that realm. Yeah, and you know what's funny is last week on Brews and Builds, uh, or two weeks ago, uh, we talked about my Neheb unleashes an Eternal Hell deck, and actually I talked about a braid on that because I really like that card, and that was actually one where Big Tuck's like, oh no, it's not that good, it's overrated, it's expensive. I, I'm with How's you, Mister T Man. <laughs> for what it does, he's like, there's better things, and like, okay, maybe, but uh, I've. I didn't know it was a CEDH card, to be honest, but I feel like it should see more play than it does in uh, Commander, because, I mean, you are right. I yeah. mean, there are a litany of creatures or commanders that are power three or less. Mm -hmm. uh, I always talk about how Brea's Neg4, Neg4 ability is backbreaking, Isn't so it's it? just a little bit less than that. But then, you know, the flexibility to also destroy an artifact... Most combo pieces involve an artifact of some kind. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this should be yeah. Big Tux Alley. It's modal, and he loves modal things. He loves modal. Everybody plays an altar. Every sacrifice deck plays an altar. <laughs> There's your bare minimum target. Just blow yeah. that up. Or a soul ring. Yep. There we go. Oh, I've forgotten 40 life in a dash. I blew up Spencer's first turn soul ring with a, uh, I can't remember, uh, artifact blast. Old school. Wow. Nice. It was spiteful. It was wrong. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. <laughs> but I did it anyways. All right. So this card also <laughs> got people all hot and heavy when it got previewed. So we're going into sorceries. This is a mythic. Mnemonic Deluge. Ooh. Deluge. Oh, bananas. Six colorless blue, blue, blue. Mythic sorcery. Exile target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard. Copy that card three times. They cost, cast the copies without paying their mana costs. Exile mnemonic deluge. And the funny thing is, I was like, oh, that'd be great to put expropriate in the graveyard. Exactly. How did I get it there? But then someone made the point. I think it's, um, is it not, not buried alive? It's like in tomb. In Tomb, yeah. Expropriate, Mnemonic Deluge, you get three copies of Expropriate. <laughs> yeah. It's wrong. It's wrong. They say if you, if you cast Expropriate, you should win <laughs> off of that alone. Now, if you cast three of them, you have to win. Otherwise, people will hate you. <laughs> I just, oh, man, this card's gross. This card's really yeah. gross. Well, and this kind of goes to like what I was talking about earlier to where I think they printed very great, powerful cards. They just made them cost nine mana. Right. And, yeah. and you know, it's, that's, I mean, that's, they made one of these for every color and yeah. I'll actually be talking about a different color of one of these. But like, I guess, yeah, we can dive into that. But yeah, they they have made them very expensive. I agree with you, which makes it so you can't just poop this out third, fourth turn. Yeah. Like, you're going <laughs> to well, have to build and, your board up a little bit. And I'm excited for this. I mean, this is going in my Joda deck. This is going in my uh, mono blue deck. This is going in my flashback deck. I mean, I and at three dollars and change, if I don't open up a few of them in my box, I actually probably will go buy five or six copies of this just to have because this is the perfect embodiment of fair magic because right. it costs nine mana. Yep. Its effect isn't fair, but its mana cost is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
All right, Squee, what do you got? What color? All right, so I'm going with the red one here. So Soulfire Eruption. It is uh, six colorless, three red sorcery. It's a mythic. Uh, choose any number of target creatures, planeswalkers, and or players. For each of them, exile the top card of your library. Then Soulfire Eruption deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to that permanent or player. You may play exiled, or you may play the exiled cards until the end of your turn. So if there's a big board state with a bunch of creatures. Bunch of players, you can probably target this 15, 20, 30 times if you want to do that. <laughs> Exile that many cards, play them till end of turn and do all that damage. It's an effective board wipe on everybody. You get to pick what gets wiped and what doesn't. If you're playing a decent CMC deck, then you probably should should do damage to most of them. This card's fun. Oh, like, it's yeah. really expensive to play, but I think the possibilities of just the, you know, I like the random stuff, like the randomness of what yeah. this could bring out from what you can do. Not only is it a board wipe, but you can also... Hell, you can just potentially top deck a million great things, throw them out, and, and kill everybody with them. And it's it honestly is for this kind of effect. I don't think it's too terrible because like in Garuk's Wake is what nine, eight, nine, nine. Yeah, so it's it's the same as in Garuk's Wake, and you can effectively most likely do that. I mean, but here's the thing though, Squee. Maybe. Right. And that's that's guaranteed. the cool. That's the and That's the nice thing. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the whole cascade, 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 cascade. It, unless you scroll racked for 20 mm-hmm. and put them all on top, <laughs> you're, you're not going to know what's going to happen. Right. So, yeah, you might you might have topped and or brainstormed. So you may know one to three. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you might be able to t- target removal those. But then everything else is random. Right. Like, what if you're in the scenario that you're like, OK, I'm going to pick Big Tuck. And then, okay, Big Tuck, your card is, damn it, land. And then the person that you didn't even want to kill that maybe you made a deal with, hey, if I target you, you know, I, I'll do whatever you want. And you mm-hmm. actually kill them because you drew like a 10 or 12 CMC. Yeah, you, you, That's you what you I love about Apex this card. Devastator for 10 and just <laughs> devastate their board. Yeah, this is, this is a lot of fun. And I like the way that they're doing this because I think as we've kind of been alluding to in a fashion, you know, fair magic to me is the most fun way to play commander because everybody gets involved. It's kind of random. You don't really know what's going to happen. It's not boring, which is what I really hate the most about like looping out combos or seeing one card hit the board and everybody's like, well, he's going to play this, going to play that, and going to play that, and the game's over. Like, I, that's not fun to me. But when you can go top deck 10, 15 cards, maybe you win, maybe you lose, maybe the wrong person dies, that's where it gets <laughs> to be a lot of fun. Love it. For sure. All right, Mr. T, what is yours? Uh, mine was a very expensive card. Was. $120. Woof. Oh my god. The reprint has dropped this card down to pre-order five bucks, but I'm going to tell you right now, do not pay $5 for this card. (laughs) Three visits. Excellent, oh yeah excellent sorcery it's gonna go into pretty much any deck that you're running green into from a ramp perspective it is a great part of the package it is a sorcery for one colors one green search your library for a forest card notice that it says forest card and put mm-hmm. that card onto the battlefield and shuffle your library so this is essentially you're paying one mana to go get a land a forest, any of your dual lands or triomes, this is just perfect because that comes into the battlefield not tapped. Uh, it is just a perfect reprint in my book. I mean, there, yeah. 
this set has had so many good reprints and three visits is a starting point. If you get that uh, land, the blue-green land deck that they have, that completes the package. That has Cultivate, that has Rampant Growth, that has Kadama's Reach. Mm-hmm. Those just get the deck and get a three couple of three visits. Definitely buy these when they get a little bit lower. The market's going to be flooded with them. So I, I love this reprint. I think it's fantastic. Three three visits. It's basically just the forest version of what card am I thinking about? Where it's like you get a plains, mountain, island, or swamp. Oh, farcy. But it's a green oh, farcy. Farcy. Yeah. farcy. Yeah, this is basically just filling the forest slot for farcy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's meat and potatoes, but it's really good potatoes with butter on them and like <laughs> sour exactly. cream, and they're tasty. And you can Gross. keep your Portal Three Kingdom copy. I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> I think the art on Three Visits looks incredible, though. I'm. St- I probably have one of these sitting upstairs somewhere. Uh, you have a? I doubt it. A PK, a P3K box in your house? I I have a lot of old crap. <laughs> I didn't look through, so we'll see. We'll see. Well, what we're gonna see now is the enchantments we each pick, and this one I am effing pumped for. A, it brought back the Monarch mechanic, which all fair magic players love. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Court. Oh, baby. Uh, uh, Same uh, page. You know there's five of them. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to guess the one you're about to pick, because it's the I'm same one sure. I picked. <laughs> let's, let's find out. Wait, okay. Get Let, let's just go on three, then. Let's all say the last word it. of our court and okay. see if we got it. Okay. Three, two, one. Bounty. Bounty. <laughs> ha! So uh, the bounty is an enchantment. It's a rare pre-ordering it close to 20 bucks. ETBs, uh, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield if you're the monarch. Instead, you may put a creature or land from your hand onto the battlefield. Well, Mr. T, why did you pick that one? It doesn't seem good at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> Green getting monarch cards is not new. Um, but green getting a monarch card... That is an enchantment. That is, hey, you're the monarch. You get an extra draw at the end of your turn. Congrats. Mm -hmm. But also, you're giving me a choice between playing an extra land or playing a creature. This is going to go into... Any creature. Any creature. This is going to go into every freaking Lands Matter deck there is. It could be a staple in pretty much any mono green deck because who doesn't like drawing cards? If you're playing mono green, you're probably swinging out to win. Yep. This is just... A beautiful card. Well designed. I, I liked all the other courts too, but this one caught my eye. So for me, and this might sound might seem blasphemous, but I'm a huge fan of Defense of the Heart. I think that card is phenomenal. It probably doesn't see enough play, probably because of the price tag. Mm-hmm. I would almost say I put Court of Bounty in more decks than I would do Defense of the Heart. Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, because you got to think about it. Unless you have like the two, like, okay, I get these two creatures and I pretty much win the game, or I have such an oppressive board state. What does it really do? All it does is put a target on your back, and you go get a Reclamation Sage and Platinum Angel, and it's like, okay, like that's that's cool, but that doesn't win you the game. Something like this: a getting the Monarch, being able to draw a card immediately. And then B, now I'm either putting out lands or bare minimum lands or creatures. Uh That just, 
Every there's so many there's so many decks that run green that would want to do that. Oh, absolutely. Not every deck wants to do defense of the heart. It's gonna take worldly tutor, which is already phenomenal and already expensive, and make it just that much more fun because now you have another way to worldly tutor the most expensive piece of garbage or whatever you want to call it that's gonna come out and wreck people. Looking at you, creator, <laughs> um, like it's just another way to do that for free. Right. Or one mana for the worldly tutor. Exactly. One mana. One mana gets you there. But, you know, going back to Defense of the Heart real quick. (laughs) Any deck that I have that in, if it goes off, I win. And that's because those decks are designed to combo off. Um, You know, if I'm playing and have, like, the great example was when I played this past Saturday. I could have comboed off any number of times, but it was the game was more fun by just playing the political game. And that, that to me is when you can grab two rando creatures. This, <laughs> this is card draw. This is ramp. This is, hey, you got shit in your hand. Here, put that out there for you. You don't need to discard. Just put it into play. I, I love this card. I liked all, I liked all the bounty of the courts, but this one. I did too. I really enjoy the monarchs across all the colors. Like, that's fun. Uh, the white one's pretty lame, but well, we don't need to get expect? into that. I know. I expect too much. Well, uh, Squee, why don't you read off what Court of Cunning does? All right. So, Court of Cunning, one colorless, two blue. It's rare when Court of Cunning enters the battlefield of the Monarch, as always with all of the courts. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players each mill two cards. If you're the Monarch, each of those players mills ten cards instead. <laughs> I like it. I like mill support. I've been having so much fun with my Anawan deck, and I just want to put more fire in it, which is probably why I went with this. I'm a little biased towards what I want to put in my own deck, but this is fun. I like mill so like mill's so random too, kind of like we were talking about. You don't know what you're gonna mill. You may be playing like I was in in that game on Tuesday when I was playing against three graveyard decks. So here I am milling into graveyards to basically fuel everybody else in hopes that all three of them kill each other, and I somehow squeak through at the end. But yeah, I like Mill. I like the support for this. Uh, the Monarch's an interesting thing on this, too, because I think, unlike the other one, I think people are going to be swinging at you so hard to make sure you don't plop yeah. that creature. This one, I don't think people are going to... They'll be like, okay, I Oh, ten, no. But, like, Flip I, don't that. Think, I don't know if they're going to go after you as hard With as the, the green one. The white one, no one's ever going to go after you because yeah. you're white, and it's like, okay, you get a 4-4 white angel. I don't think the red one people are going to go after you. I think the black and the blue are probably tied for number one because really? the black one, it's you lose six life unless you discard cards. We've already gone over how the goad dismantled his Kroxa deck because he felt like as soon as people saw that he was making them discard cards, oh, they yeah. all just, you know, they let's go three V one. And the same thing with mill. Once people figure out you're milling them, it's like F you bro. I'm going to cut your tires. I'm <laughs> going to shove this shank into your ear hole. Um, the, the, the court of bounty one, I do see to where it can be scary, but think about it. You plant this down turn four, like turn five. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, he plays crater hoof and I get hit for 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's fine. I got, I got 38 life. Uh, I think quarter bounty is going to be scarier in the late game when you have a good board state. And it's like, God, he just needs that one card to really get them there. The black and the blue, I think, just because people don't like losing cards, is going to make those are going to draw the most. Mm-hmm. Well, both of those are coming to an Anawan deck near you, so we'll find out. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, on to the artifact. So I slightly cheated, because uh, technically my artifact is also a creature. Really? But okay. that's okay. That's fair. Uh, I'm curious what this card. Well, let's just say it's coming to a Brutaclad deck near you uh, by Rexian Triniform. Yes. So nine colorless artifact creature golem. It's a mythic. It's a nine 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 nine. Uh, when it dies, create three 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 golem artifact creature tokens. But then it has this cool effect: encore for twelve colorless. Holy balls! Exile this card from your graveyard. From each opponent, create a token that's a copy that attacks that opponent this turn if able. They gain haste. Sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Activate only as a sorcery. So the reason I'm excited is I'm going to encore this out for 12, have three of them, and then I'm going to turn all of my 2-1 mirrors, or whatever they are, into Phyrexian Triniforms. And if I can't kill you with the 15 9-9s <laughs> that I'll have, I damn sure will kill you when I end up with 45 3-3s when I have to sacrifice them all. So Yeah, this is cool. Uh, uh, the encore yeah. cost is, as, as the theme goes on, ridiculously expensive. But in the right deck, like a Brutaclad <laughs> deck, yeah, this is going to clap hard. Um and then, you know, it's a 9-9 nine, nine for 9, so not all that bad, just as it is. And I will say, I don't know if I've ever gotten to 12 mana in Brutaclad, so this <laughs> may just sit in the deck and do nothing, but God, I hope it does something. It's going to look real sexy while it's doing nothing, though. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Squee, what's your artifact? All right, so I went with Horizon Stone. So five colorless artifacts rare. Uh, if you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes colorless instead. Mm. I like this a lot. I think this can see a lot of play across everything because it is an artifact and it's not color specific. People are so used to just getting rid of mana that this will change a lot of decks where you can say maybe in your Brutaclad deck, you said you never got to 12. You throw this in here. You can save up for a turn or two. Then you got this stockpile of mana that you can use. It's an endless mana sink that you can always have access to. We talk about that a lot on the cast. Late game, I got 15 mana. I got a card that costs three. What the hell do I do with 15 <laughs> mana? At least now, at least now you can keep that and hang on to it. And if you draw an X burn spell or something like that, then you can headshot somebody. So I, like I think this is a great utility card. I don't think it's ever going to get horribly expensive, but I think it will be useful in a quite a few decks, kind of like middle of the run decks. Uh, probably not anything CDH, but like your your sixes, sevens, eights, stuff like that. I think this could be really helpful. Nice. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, uh, Mr. T, what are your thoughts on Horizon Stone almost being a standard, not a staple, but a standard in white, red, and Boros decks? Because a lot of times those decks, they, they struggle with getting enough mana to do their multiple things, mm -hmm. but then they get stuck at the point where they also don't draw a lot of cards. And to squeeze example, turn five, okay, well, I only got this like two drop that I can play. I'm done. Now at least they can dump three mana into this and save it for the next turn. Yeah, and in those decks, you're also never really, like, you're not doing a lot of instant speed stuff, so you're not counterspelling, you're usually not holding your mana up for something. Mm -hmm. hmm. I, when it comes to mana six as a whole, Omnath does well, like the green Omnath, the original yep. OG Omnath, does well with those sort of things. Um, the blue, green, legendary... Prefix. Prefix, thank you. Uh, these are all cards that they have a purpose. 
and I really like it. So it, we were just talking about nine mana spells. Start <laughs> throwing some money in that piggy bank, and you'll yeah. have enough to cast it. Yeah. Hell, could you imagine doing this and then uh, bringing back the old fireball standard? <laughs> Elf ball for the win. Yeah, baby. It could be fun. Uh, Mr. T, what's your artifact? My artifact is one that was expensive. Okay. I, this is why I like this. Since you get trend. This is why I like this <laughs> set so much. Is There was a lot of was expensive. And this is a card that will go back up in price. Um, it is a uh, three-mana artifact. Uh, it is a very unique ability. It is Rings of Bright Earth. Oh, yeah. Whenever an activate, whenever you activate an ability, if it isn't a mana ability, you may pay two. If you do copy that ability, you may choose new targets for the copy. Yep. There have been so many new artifacts out that just do crazy things that are not mana abilities. Uh, there was the one from Zendikar. Uh, crap. Yeah, where it had like the three different effects. Like one was like copy the creature. Oh, exactly. The form engine. Yes, live the form engine. This is a perfect buddy cop movie here for that. And <laughs> this is one of those cards that was, uh, you know, 35 bucks. It was only printed in Lorwyn. And then they had that insane masterpiece series. And those are yeah. 150 bucks a piece. But the pre-order on this, and I would still say don't pay pre-order prices, let them drop, is $10. This, this is a perfect card that has a home in so many decks. Yes, it has a ton of combo potential, but you can play this without having to do a combo or infinite out. I mean, most of your combos around this are really going to be infinite mana, but you know that this is all about you can play this fair, um, it is just a beautiful card. I love it. Yeah, I like the design space. It, 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 like you said, it'll spread across a ton of different decks. There's so many activated abilities on commanders and, and everything out there. So like this will work well. I can think of three or four decks off the top of my head that this would make sense in. Um, it's always nice to double. It's always, always... I'll, double reiterate that it's always <laughs> activated abilities yeah i'm glad i mean you know i'm i'm always happy to see like even vampiric tutor got reprinted in yep. this yeah always excited to see that kind of stuff um because I, that's the one thing that i i try to convey to big tuck when we talk about decks you know i'll, I'll recommend x card and it's just you know very expensive he's like well of course blah, blah. like you know in our deck therapy last week i was like okay something you should probably put in your silencia populate deck is a doubling season like that's just a given you should do it it's like oh well of course blah. and it's like well you probably wouldn't have that attitude if doubling season was five dollars ten dollars and oh, people 15, put like a negative People put a negative stigma on cards just because they carry a price tag, and I don't feel like that's how it should be. It should be like, damn, I wish that would drop in price so I mm -hmm. could justify spending the money for it. But just because a card has a large dollar tag does not make it a bad or dirty card. And so seeing rings, which does have a bad reputation, get a reprint, make it cheaper, I think you'll start to see more rings played and more people get... Uh, muted to the fact they'll just see like oh dang that's a really good card opposed to like oh look at this combo player blah 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 <laughs> yeah i could see this being one you draw out of a booster box and you're like wow that's actually pretty useful i'll throw that in something like, exactly yep. i'm not gonna really even care what it's worth i'm just gonna use it all right we're on to the lands i went the boring route 
So, sorry. I just wanted to talk about how we now have the full set of Battlelands. That was my thought process, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. So, guys, if you're not familiar with what the Battlelands are, they came out in Battle Bond. They printed the enemy colors there. Um, and what they are is they are lands that tap for two different mana types, but they enter the battlefield tapped unless you have two or more opponents. So obviously perfect for commander. And so we got the Simic, Boros, Izzet, Golgari, and Orzov ones in this set, and they're pre-ordering anywhere from eight to 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just glad we have the full set now because it takes away the dependency for three color or higher decks to have to get shocks, to right. have to get Aber duels, to have to shell out this money for these expensive cards. Because I will say that is the one thing about magic in every format is you have to have a good land base mm -hmm. or your deck's just going to run slower. It doesn't yeah. mean you can't win. You're, just gonna run You're slower. always behind. So super pumped that they printed uh, the, the remaining five. And I hope this becomes a reoccurring theme in the future to where now in commander decks, they start putting the battle lands in there, kind of like we saw with Arcane Signet. Print lands into the ground. That is the biggest obstacle for people moving into deck. That they just Absolutely. like, I, I don't know if I can pay, you know, if I play a five color deck, you know, you need shocks, you need those things. Doesn't have to yep. be that way. Yeah, make them promos, just hand them out. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at $500 out the door just for your your shock lands and everything you need for a five-color deck. Yeah. Exactly. So just, That's before you even get into the rest of the things that you need, like creatures and enchantments and all the good stuff. <laughs> Who needs those? Exactly. I just need lands. <laughs> or, or, or at least that's what uh, Tapped Out says. Yeah. But when I sort out the budget, apparently the only thing I needed to spend money on is lands. <laughs> all right. Well, s since uh, me and Mr. T aligned on that, Squee, what land did you want to talk about? Uh, Our so namesake, what, what, Command Tower? Yes, it's got to be Command Tower. Uh, no, I'm, I'm talking about War Room, actually. Uh, it's not all that exciting, but it's really solid, and I think it'll help a color, couple colors that need it. So it's a rare add one colorless when it comes in, and then for three and tap it, pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity, draw a card. So, you know, we talk about it a lot. Like green, white, a couple other colors, they don't have the best draw card effects on this. This is a great land for that. Especially mono-colored decks, I think, because you don't necessarily need all these land pips to get it going, so you can afford to have a colorless land. And then I love that it doesn't come in tapped. So this is useful out the gate. You can draw a card. It's 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 exciting. Mr. Combo is giving me a really painful face like he has to poop or something. But where they messed up is it should have been X tap pay X life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity, draw X cards. Well, see, this should be, be if like you're a, a mono dollar would take five damage and draw five cards every turn. Yeah, that would be insane. But here's a, th but there's only so many five color decks. That's sure. the thing. Yeah. But the, the, oh, I'm sorry. Four colors. There's five, only five life and draw one card. Because it's not, it's, it's draw a card. 
Right. Yeah. Yes. So for me, it should be pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity. Draw that many cards. And what I was just more kind of trying to modify the card is obviously paying three, pay five, draw five is stupid. So it's like, okay, well, if you have to put five mana into it, tap it, pay five life to get five cards. If you're in a five color deck, that's fine. I'm just more thinking it's it would suck in a two color deck to pay three, lose two to draw one. That's not a good rate. I, th I think I think all of the paying and drawing should align to how many colors, because I actually do think that's a pretty cool concept. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not like there's tons of five color decks, you know, options. So I, I think you could throw that example out the window. Yeah, you know, it might see CEDH play because, you know, you could pay four, draw four. Uh, and then pay four mana, but I think it would help out those mono color decks. You know, mono white, mono red. Oh, I'll just pay one, pay a life, draw a card. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's good. It's not broken. It's good. I was so that that was my point. The card draw number to me has always been two. One two mana should always net you one card. And, and that's Ugh, that's I hate that. That's my philosophy. It's, if it's two mana, it should at least net you one. Now, the question, if it's a zero-costed land that taps for mana two, is three acceptable? Because you don't have to pay to put it on the board. You use it in a pinch. It still taps for mana. It's still fine early game. But I, I just see this I just see this late game kind of like we we're talking about. You're running out of gas. You need some more gas. You need some ways to draw cards. Some colors don't really have it. No, no. Sure, I, you oh, hell, you can't even use War Room and Colorless. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this card, I like this card a lot. I think it's near perfect the way they've designed it. There has to be a penalization. Um, I, actually, I would have done this a little bit differently now that I think about it. I would have made this land mythic, and I would have done one thing differently. I would have made it so that there is no color identity for it first, but more importantly, have an activation cost that says, okay, tap, all right, if you're white, you're going to, I don't know, Draw card, or it basically it would correlate with the color. So like oh, black, huh. you lose life. Red, you're getting shocked. Blue, I don't know, maybe mill a card. <laughs> Green, go find an elf. I, I don't know. I I like this. Green, do all of the above because that's what green does. Exactly. Right? But I like this card a lot. I think it's a great card, and I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a nice card draw engine, especially like you said, Squee, late game. This yep. just gets you an option. Exactly. It's just gonna make me. It's gonna make me so mad to pay three mana, pay a life to draw a card. Is it gonna make you as mad as sitting on a hand of nothing? Eight turns into the game, maybe nothing to do. Maybe it will. <laughs> All right, let's get out of this and over to the exciting stuff. Now we're in Planeswalker territory, so. I went with the one that got leaked a long, long time ago. Um, everyone had kind of seen it, but we couldn't read what the card was. Now we can. So the card I wanted to talk about is the Mono Black Legendary Planeswalker. Love this card. Tavesh Shat Duma Fools. I basically read that as Tavish Shit Duma Fools. <laughs> I don't actually have to say the other one, uh, but it's four colorless black. Legendary Planeswalker Shit. Uh, mythic. It comes with four loyalty, and they brought it back, everyone. Uh, Tavesh can be your commander, so we, now we got more Planeswalker commander options, but they added an exciting thing. Partner. Not partner with. Partner. So he can partner with any other creature with just partner. 
He has three effects, and they're all bananas. <laughs> plus two, create two zero one black thrall creature tokens. Okay, plus make a couple chumps, sure. Plus one, you may sack another creature or planeswalker. If you do, draw two cards. Then draw another card if the sacrifice permanent was a commander. So I'm upticking drawing two and then drawing a third if I killed my planeswalker. Stupid. And then to put the cherry on top, minus 10. Gain control of all commanders. Put all commanders from the command zone onto the battlefield under your control. Crazy. Because even in response, if you wanted to sack your commander, doesn't matter. I'm getting it anyways. The only way you would ever be able to stop it is to uh, uh, phase out or do a end of turn return to the battlefield exile card. I was just about to say phasing. I'll yep. stop yep. phasing. That's, <laughs> That's how you save your own ass. Otherwise, bye. Yeah, this is bonkers. It's really good. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. Like, I, you know, I don't love planeswalkers all that much, but yeah, this is really good. It's, I really, I, I would like to see somebody get that neg ten. This is a very smart design card too. If you notice, they were smart about this. They gave him four loyalty and not five. Yeah, they yep. were very smart about this. Does not pass the doubling season test. Exactly. Now there's ways that you can get it there on the same turn sure. and do it. Sure. But they made it harder. It's not yeah. just doubling season ultimate. Have a great game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah. It, it makes me wonder. Like I, th- I think Tavesh actually will challenge me to do a partner co- commander deck with him and some other creature. I don't know who it would be, but I, I think I'm gonna try it. You got to do it with Sakashima because Sakashima needs more decks out there. Sure she does. <laughs> she doesn't. All right, Squee, what's your planeswalker? All right, I went with uh, Jessica Thrice Reborn. So it's one, I like it because it's a three-costed planeswalker. Usually my gripe is planeswalkers just cost too much mana to get on the board. Um, so three-costed, and then enters the battlefield with a loyalty count for each time you cast your commander from the command zone this game. Um, its ability is zero. Choose target creature until your next turn. If that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents, it deals triple that damage to that player instead. And then it's Nega X is Jessica Thrice the Born deals X damage to each of up to three targets. Uh, also can be used as your commander and also as partner. Um, I like this because it's it's like triple strike, which I've never really seen before. <laughs> so like this gives <laughs> this gives Voltron a, a, a shot to come out turn three four and actually kill somebody really quickly so yeah i think this opens up a ton of things where you can and since it's a partner maybe you can try and build up a partner voltron kind of pairing so your creature commander that comes out could be used as a voltron-esque effect then you bring this out zero it do triple damage and headshot somebody for 21 like I think it's fun. I think it's cheap enough at three mana to do that with, and I was really, really excited to see triple strike because I've been uh, hounding on double strike, and we'll actually get to that here in the weather light report in a little bit too. But it's definitely, and I think there are a few combos that have been posted out there where they're just one shots, and yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. If, you know what? Red is a fun color to play, and if this gets people swinging, awesome. Yep. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I 
I mean, other than like my, because, and I've noticed this, I'm actually not a big red player. Uh, red's actually the color I really struggle with from a deck building perspective. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, other than my Nehab deck, which I've already talked about to ad nauseum, uh, I don't know where else I would put it. Maybe Ruik Thar. That could be kind of cool. Like, is, is it combat damage or just damage? Whenever it deals combat damage. Damn. Well, I guess Rukthar does have to swing, so it kind of forces you to block. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was kind of hoping I could just like throw it on him for his uh, deal damage ability, and then it would kind of triple it. So I don't know. It, it's cool. I'm glad that they did it, and I'm glad it's one of those Planeswalkers that only comes in with so much loyalty, and right. then it can only go down unless right. you proliferate. That, that's a very interesting mechanic. Well, Mr. T, do you have a Planeswalker you want to talk about? I was going to talk about guy. <laughs> <laughs> his new official name guy god i hope so yeah there you go collective run with that all right well we'll we'll move over to the peace daily resistance and talk about our legendary option oh, that could be so your commander good. so i went with the boring one but i really actually like it but i'm Sir Nathan, I know you already called dibs, so you can have it. But I wanted to just talk about him. Nevenroll Urborg Tyrant. Oh, God. So dirty. Three colorless, white, blue, black. Hexproof from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. It's a creature zombie wizard, and it's a 3-6. It also ETBs create a tap 2-2 zombie creature token for each creature that died this turn. <laughs> And then when it dies, you may pay one. And if you do, you activate Neverall's disc, basically. Destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Um, This has to have major combo potential. I would assume so. I just don't know what it is. I haven't put any thought into it. But something tells me, I don't know, have um, Micaeus out. Put something that makes them indestructible. Sack Nevenroll, pay one, blow up everything. Nevenroll comes back. Mm-hmm. I get all 2 2 zombies for everything that died that turn. Figure out a way to get rid of Nevenroll's uh, plus one counter. Keep doing it. Just so gross. <laughs> yeah, play this with a Chroma's Will. Give all your crap indestructible till end of turn. Sack this dude out. He dies. You wipe the board. Bring him back. It, what is it? Um, Gift of Immortality? The white enchantment. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That would just this, this card. If this is the kind of card you play, you come to the table with, you become our enemy right away. Yeah, right. Of course, of course. Even like even knowing kind of like well that it costs six mana <laughs> to get on the board, everybody's still like, "Whoa, buddy, what are you doing over there? That's kind of sketchy looking." Exactly. So. I do have a question for you guys before we move on to squeeze. I was listening to our pals, the commander Smiths, and I know Lowry had an issue with the design of this card, how it didn't match its colors. I somewhat disagree with that. So here's, here's my thought. It's Esper. I think the, right. Well, but he's saying that, yeah, it's Esper. And he's saying the effects on it feel more like, uh, Mardu than anything so and i and i think he was maybe thinking along the lines of the nevenroll dies destroy all the artifacts that's kind of more a red thing sure the creatures that's the black thing um and then the enchantments would be the white thing mm-hmm. 
I look at it from a different perspective. I think the destroy artifacts, creatures, enchantments as the white effect, create the zombies, the black effect, and the hexproof is the blue effect. I can see I that. Feel like there's, yeah. I feel like hexproof is pretty prominent in blue, correct? Right, yeah. and blue blue does a lot with artifacts also. There's a lot of interaction back and forth there too with this card. Like, I I would tend to agree with you, Mr. Combo. I don't think this is really out of its own color pie. I think, I think what they put on here makes sense for the colors that are there. That mm. being said, do I want to see all three of these things on one card that can just come back? No, but... No. <laughs> Well, Squee, which one are you super excited oh about? Oh my god, it's here. It's finally here. We're talking mana burn, baby. We're going oh god. of Scorch Thrash. So, one color. Scorch Trash. Scorch yeah, Trash. That'll be the name of the deck, Scorched Trash. Uh, one colorless, a black, a red, and a green legendary creature, Viashino Shaman. It's a rare. Yep. Uh, has Vigilance. It's a 4-4. Four, four. And then a player losing unspent mana causes that player to lose that much life. And then one <laughs> tap, tap. Each player adds three mana. I just can't. How can I have so much fun with this? Oh, I really so just want to build a deck that makes people like somehow get their mana. I haven't really thought that far into it yet. But the, the mana burn thing got I got a jumped. combo for you. Hit me. Your lock of Scorch Thrash uh-huh. and Nyx Bloom Ancient. Oh, because technically it's your permanent that you're tapping, so you're giving everyone nine mana. Yeah. You spend yours, you end the turn, they each lose nine life. Uh, yes. Yes. We're doing Yeah. I cannot believe they brought back Mana Burn, but I couldn't be happier. It is. Yeah, I mean, hell, you could even throw in... Um, Zendikar Resurgent. Uh-huh. That's giving you extra mana. Uh-huh. I mean, there's so just having green in here. There's so many ways to multiply your mana to where you pay the one, tap it. You could one shot everyone, right? Because red has, you know, well, I guess red's more of a deal damage. This is a loss of life, so that'd probably be more the black side. But there's tons of black ways. Like, hey, if they lost this much life, they're going to lose double that mm-hmm. at the end step. You could, in theory, play your lock and win that turn. Oh, yeah. If you gave it haste. Yep. Or if you're ahead on life, you could use any number of the black cards that say, hey, whenever you lose a life, each opponent loses one life or something like that. And. Mm. Then you can just shoot them out that way too. Mana burn yourself. They get hit when you mana burn yourself. And as long as you have the life advantage, there you go. I can dig I'm, it. I'm I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, Mr. T. Shouldn't be a surprise, probably who you picked, but who did you pick? I I, I there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm gonna build out of this one. But the deck that I'm gonna be most proud of is Obaka. Oh, she is just beautifully and oh, powerful. I thought you would have picked Sakashima. Sakashima is is a partner card, and when I have partner mechanics, my go to like uh, what is it called? Like uh, comfort food, I guess you could put it. Okay, is blue green, and if I go in the blue green path, then it's just blue green good stuff, right? And, and <laughs> okay. I, I didn't want to go that way. At some point, I will find a way to play my RK post Sakashima and every other Sakashima, you know, student, all that stuff in one deck. But Obeka is one that honestly looks like it can go a lot of different ways. And Obeka, the way I'm going to build her, is essentially. 
ultimately, it's going to be a way to combat a lot of aggressive strategies, um, but also play, and I hate to say this, the fair cards. Like, uh, okay. you know, I'm going to play the black agent. You're not going to be able to tutor. I'm going to play the blue thrasher merfolk from this set. You want to keep drawing? I'm going to keep making mana instead. This deck has so many capabilities, and there's lots of, you know, the take an extra turn at the end of that turn, you, you lose the game, just end the turn. Um, you know, with phasing, you know, end the turn. <laughs> so there's, there's lots of great things you can do with this general, and because it's in Grixis, I think it's got the right amount of power there. If this was blue, black, green, oh, it'd be game over. If it was black, <laughs> red, green, game over. Um, I don't think I would have built it if there was white in this, though. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I don't know where... But this seems like a white effect. It like, really, I feel like it should it be does. just that. Yeah, it does. But I think they were sure smart it about it. Because I think... I, I'll bet money that this card had white in it originally, and then somebody realized, oh, crap, all those spells, the flicker spells that come in at the end of the turn, they're just going to use those as a removal, and you'll never get your commander back. So <laughs> that, I think they did the smart thing here. Um, just brutally powerful. This is what I'm building. Definitely is my next deck. And then I'm building the turtle, just because it's a turtle, and who doesn't love that? I anticipate <laughs> this deck being very frustrating to play against. Oh, it's going to be. Like, very, like, lots of angry people at the table every time. But there's a group hug element. Nobody ever acknowledges the group hug. You know what? I'm going on record right now. F*** group hug. You're all out here to win this game. <laughs> it's all part of the politics. It's somebody else's turn. They're going to exile or blow up the board. Somehow they're casting sorceries at instant speed, and there's lots of ways to do it. I could tap them back and be like, hey, do you just want to end your turn? Keep all your stuff? There'll be people who bite on that. <laughs> oh! Well, you know what we're going to have to go and bite on is probably our wallets, because as you guys can tell, <laughs> longest deck review we've done. We're all super pumped about it. All of our CMCs are going up. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I am yeah. now even more excited to get my box tomorrow from level one and uh, try this boxing league and hopefully see if there's some decks I want to build. And this couldn't have come at a better time. I'm actually in the middle of building a commander cube, and I have a card slot that is supposed to be an uncommon partner or companion slot, and I need like 30 more. So good, good timing. Well, that's going to wrap up What's the Plane Chase. Now in that last segment, Squeed dives into those creative juices with the weather label. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report. Coming to you live from the newly reinforced Weatherlight Chopper 4 with <laughs> anti-bazooka technology. Uh, I'm Squee McGee. So today we're doing something a little bit different. So this is actually, I'm going to talk about the card that I've alluded to in the Discord. Mr. Combo gave it to me. It's a Chrome Angel of Fury. I had a chance to play it a little bit and I wanted to do a Weatherlight Report on this card. One, it fits into my, my budget. Uh, I think there's only 30 decks on EDH Rec for this. Yep. And two... It was kind of fun to do this after playing a couple games, because I threw this together with cards I had in my binder, cards I had in my box, didn't really have a plan or a strategy for it, just kind of threw crap in there that I thought would be good and see what sticks, played about two games with it, and found it. I, I now have a direction for it, so I wanted to build around that. 
So for those playing the home game, this is a fairly complicated card I found after the first game. Uh, Akroma Angel of Fury is five colorless, three red, woof. Uh, legendary creature angel, it's a rare. Akroma Angel of Fury can't be countered. That's pretty cool. Has flying, trample, protection from white, and from blue. And then for one red mana, Akroma Angel of Fury gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. And then it has morph. Uh, so its morph cost is three, and then three red. And then you can cast it face down as a two-two for three. So it's a six-six. That's a lot going on in text. Whew. So the first time I played this card, we went through about three different rule lawyers things. <laughs> so we were like, if you swing with the morphed creature, is it count as command damage? Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> and then I can't remember what else. We, anyways, so the idea around this is actually going to be like a sneaky, not sneaky headshot people, especially with the planeswalker I just talked about that does triple damage. Headshot people with this dude turn four, give or take. Turn five. How uh, do you have that much mana to flicker at that point? Uh, you got to get lucky. So I put a ton of mana rocks into this deck, and I put every single other kind of card that you can think of that's going to add mana. Oh, we're talking there. magical Christmas land. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I got this out probably, I got it out morphed on turn three, and then I got it flipped by turn four or five. Like, that's not unrealistic. Because you're going to, it's all red mana. It's mono red, so you don't really have to worry about your pips. Um, you can put it out there early on turn three just as a morphed creature and start your... What I like about that is you can start doing command damage to people that are open to get that roll going. Um, and then it has protection from white and from blue flying and, more importantly to me, also has trample. So it has everything built into that you want on a battle cruiser kind of mono red. I'm going to go in and Voltron you to death. So first card I wanted to talk about, I'd never heard of before. I don't know why. And I'm not hundred percent sure that it's the best fit in this deck, but I like it. It's called not of this world. So seven colorless tribal instant Eldrazi. That's a mouthful. Uh, counter target spell or ability that targets a permanent you control. Not of this world costs seven less to cast. If it targets a spell or ability that targets a creature you control with power seven or greater. Basically, this is just a in mono red counter spell that saves a chroma's ass if they try and target it with something that's not white or blue. And all you got to do, but you're paying seven for it. No, if you beef up, so you beef up a chroma with one. Oh, red, so you you pay one red, uh, you got a one red counter spell becomes a seven, and then you play this, and then it's a really sneaky counter spell that costs one mana and colorless. This doesn't really work okay. in a lot of decks, but I think it works in here pretty well. <laughs> I like it. I actually do like that. Uh, I would not have thought of that. And I may even have one of these in the dungeon that's foil <laughs> dungeon. that I drew on. Well, if you do, let me know. I could uh, I could use the copy. Uh, since I do already have this deck, anybody that has these cards, do let me know. I need them. Um, so next card I'm going to talk about is uh, going on this double or double strike train. So we talked about the Planeswalker earlier that gives triple strike, but you can't always rely on that type of stuff. Um, this is an equipment. It's Fire Shrieker. It's three colorless artifact mm -hmm. equipment, uncommon. It's nothing fancy, but equipped creature has double strike and it equips for two. So you put your morph guy out there. Three mana, probably th turn three, maybe turn two, just depends. Pop this guy out next turn, then once you can flip over a Chroma, you're ready to attach this, you're off and running. Uh, and then you can do, if you beef up a Chroma with four or five red, once this is attached, you can headshot somebody immediately. Um, so it's it's meat and potatoes for this deck, but it, it has to go in there. After I played this deck a couple times and realized that you can start headshotting people pretty quickly, I think you gotta have it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and this probably, 
I don't know. I'd say this is underplayed. It's only in two percent of all EDH yeah. decks. I would. I think double strike is underplayed in general. It's such a powerful effect. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Like, even when you don't have a Voltron deck going, if you have a big creature, double strike for a 10, 12, 16, something like that. That's a big effect on the game, and well, it also puts people on notice. Um, also, double strike giving them first strike as a blocker. Dope. Oh, 100%. Wait. Wait, what? Because doesn't double strike give him first strike and do double damage? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just replaces first strike. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what, what, double strike, first strike blocker? Like, wh <laughs> what are you saying, Squee? Are you having a seizure? Are you having an episode? I you do first strike, and then you do double strike, and then you do triple strike. I remember there being a modern deck. It was a very, very fringe modern deck. But it ran morph cards. And morph cards that would flip into something huge. And the way they would flip them, and if this, I might be misremembering the deck or how the ruling actually works, but you would flicker them. And so yep, when they come back yeah. in, they are your creature that you wanted them to be. So, like so Squee, what, what you would want to do because mono red doesn't have a ton of flicker effects. Right. You want to do things like conjurer's closet. Yep. Because you play it for three at the instep transforms. Boom. You now have a chroma. And I already have a conjurer's closet. There you go. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, okay. So I'm going to talk about a planeswalker on a rare occasion here. So Koth of the hammer, uh, two colorless, two red planeswalker. Oh, wow. Goals. It's cool. mythic. Uh, for its plus one, untap target mountain. It becomes a 4-4 four, four red elemental creature until end of turn. It's still a land. Probably should put that in my Omnom deck. Uh, Meg two, add a red to your mana pool for each mountain you control. That's what we're looking for here. Uh, this, yeah. this deck takes a lot of mana. Um, you're going to need help to get them out as early as you possibly can uh, before people can set up their defenses. And then once you get them on the board, you should be okay. Uh, but really, yeah, it's for that. And then the last ability, Neg 5, you get an emblem with mountains you control, have tapped this land, deals one damage to target creature or player. That's fine. Probably won't really use that much. Well, here's the thing, though, Squeak. That actually could help you out a lot because the one... Uh, let me Let me take a look at good old homegirl again. Because, uh, like, the one thing that could possibly hold her up, because she doesn't have trample. Oh, no, she does have trample. Does have trample Never yeah. mind. Yep. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's just a good card. <laughs> yep. That's good. That's pretty neat. Pretty potatoes. That's pretty decent. Yeah. I like it. Um, all right. In the essence of time, since we're sitting at, ooh, almost an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Um, I am going to talk about the last card, which is also very basic. Um, I really wish it worked for command damage. It doesn't, but it's a really good instant. Soul's Fire, two colorless. One red, instance, common, target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to any target. Yeah. So you swing through, do your damage. If you need to do just a little bit of extra damage while, you know, your, your creature's beefed up, maybe it's a 10-10, a 12-12. This is a three-mana instant burn spell that can either headshot somebody or take care of a really big creature that's dogging you on the other end of the board. Uh, as a common, I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, se it seems okay. Um, I, I would say for Voltron goals for for those kind of decks probably don't want to have this because it would just be kind of a somewhat dead card um but i mean 
I don't know. I just like it with the ability to use your mana to beef him up so you can actually make this a big one. Because I think in a lot of decks, you'd probably play this and do five, six damage. Sure. But this gives you the ability to do 10, 12, 14. And there's a lot of times in games where people are sitting at 10, 11, 14, getting late in the game. And you just need an easy way to go, sorry, you're done. What was that? Sorry, you're done. <laughs> All right. And I'm done. I'm going to kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Mr. Combo and Mr. T. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders at level1gameshop.com. Another way to support your new team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have four different pledge levels and rewards for all the budgets, just so you, the collective, can help. We also do have our awesome store, cmdtower.com slash merch. Please, for the love of Christ, go buy our playmats, our sleeves, <laughs> our coins, and our tokens. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on the Twitter, the Facebook, and our webseek, CMDeek. You can communicate directly with your news team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Combo number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Suck It Big Tuck. From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, my God.